Saginaw's very own True Talk Podcast. True Talk Podcast. The podcast you didn't know you needed. Now your host, Bree Trudell. Welcome back, everybody, to the True Talk Podcast. Thank you again for always tuning in, for listening, for supporting. Um, I know I said in the last episode that I was going to see you guys in a couple of weeks, but um, just kidding. I decided to drop both of these parts together uh, for the first time. Thought it would be something cool to do. And also, after listening to both of them, I'm like, you know, I can't drop one without the other. Like, these are both so important, so pivotal for people to listen to, to hear, and just to talk about that. I can't make them wait two full weeks just to get this part like no so this is actually episode six as well but part two um i decided not to give it a new episode number because it's they all kind of go together i just i couldn't put all of it into one episode you know they both needed their own individuals but they're just part one and two so let's get into episode six part two which is gonna be us discussing toxic independence an independence that we've grown to have and, and, and grown to live in from traumas. Now, I know a lot of you may be asking yourself, well, if I'm independent, how is that a bad thing? How is that toxic? Well, we can even take the toxic part out of the titling of this episode and just say independence. Um, but I like to say toxic because there is a lot of fault in it depending on how you let it lead your life, how it works within your life. Um, And for a lot of people, and I'm going to put myself in that boat, it hasn't always led us into the best things and it hasn't always done good in our life. I mean, we think it does, but this episode is, this is what I wanted to do it for, is to explain to you why it's not as great as you think it is. Mind you, I will put a disclaimer out there before I even get going today that I am not by any means saying that being independent isn't an amazing thing because it is. It's absolutely an amazing skill to have because in my opinion, independence is a skill. Um, Not everybody acquires that skill. Um, It's a, a skill to be able to handle things on your own, to be able to do almost everything on your own. That's a skill and I admire it and I, I, I love it. But can we be so independent that it is almost to a fault into where it starts to hinder our lives and I'm sorry but I think that we are I think that we do I think that it it can hinder our lives in a lot of different ways we just choose not to think that it is and we choose to overlook it I think a lot of people are independent um from their childhoods I think that and this is why this is a part two is because it's stemming off from vulnerability I think a lot of people when they were kids we were vulnerable and we depended on certain people. Um, we trusted almost everyone, you know, because um, when you're young, you don't know those things, who and who not to trust. I mean, you learn that as you get older, but we tr- were trustworthy, we're pure, we're, we're dependent. And when the people you depend on the most don't show up for you and they're not there for you or they don't care for you the way that you need to be, it teaches us to kind of create a shield like we talked about in part one but it also teaches you to have to take care of yourself and if nobody else is going to care about me I'm going to care about me if nobody else is going to think about me I'm going to if nobody else is going to make sure I'm good and I have what I need and that I'm going to get here or get there or have this and have that I will because nobody else did when I needed them to and that's what it teaches us and so as you grow older like I was saying in part one as well, those types of traumas and learning not to be vulnerable anymore and being uh, in a toxic way, independent, also contributes to the relationships that you then get into or the friendships that you bring into your life and we don't even notice it. And then they just fuel into the non-consistency, the non-dependency, not showing up for you, not really caring about you, the toxic relationships as far as romantic partners, like the toxicness in those and not having real friends and finding that out later and being upset, you know, it leads into all of those things. And so in my opinion, I feel like because of this independence that you now have, it tends to make you fear relationships, and this is romantically, of course, relationships that are getting a little too deep for you or that require you to get deep 
it makes you fear being with somebody who wants you to be vulnerable with them or who is vulnerable with you or is trying to create that space for you to be or that it's requiring you to be anything remotely real in that way it's a fear for you because somebody who wants you to be vulnerable with them wants to be able to help you wants to be able to do things for you wants to love you correctly um, and be there for you and show up for you things that are all completely foreign to you but especially somebody who wants to help you out do things for you be there for you it threatens and this is how we take it because of our trauma but it threatens who you are and it threatens that independence that you have because it's threatening who you've always had to be who you had to build yourself up to be who you worked so hard to become through all the letdowns and not being able to depend on people and people not being there it's almost like we look at it and say okay I don't want you doing anything for me because I can do it I don't need you doing that I can do it because you've always done it and it's what you have always known it's all you know is how to do things for yourself somebody wanting to do something for you is so foreign that you don't want it because well if I let them do that for me or him or her do that for me it's taking something from me it's taking away from me that's threatening my independence like that's taking from what I've worked so hard to build on my own like that's how we think of it it's how we look at it you may not think that way but it's you probably are doing that you probably are threatened by it and you don't even realize why like where like you don't realize when you're doing it what that actually is but that's what it is is you fear being threatened you fear somebody potentially taking your independence from you even though they're not trying to take anything from you they're just trying to help you they're just trying to maybe make your life a little easier take a load off any partner that is correct and right for you anybody who's real will already understand that you can do all this on your own they'll already know that a lot of people are attracted to that a lot of people a lot of men and women love a man or woman who can take care of themselves and who can do things on their own if they have to but the kicker is is when you get with a real partner man or woman the goal is to not have to anymore and so a real person is going to to know that okay i know he or i know she can do this on her own but i want to help i want to make things a little easier for you so my thing is is if you know you can do it on your own you've been proving this to yourself your whole life if you know you can do it and your partner or whoever you're dating or whomever knows that you can do it what are you so threatened by why do you still fear letting them help you why are you so threatened or fearful of being vulnerable with them if a lot of it is coming from feeling like they're taking something from you or well if I let them do it they're gonna think I can't like no that's not you're telling yourself that but that's not what it is that's not true who said that whoever said that you couldn't do it I just want to help you know what I'm saying so it those little things right there when you catch yourself doing them is what I meant in part one by let's start making strides at you know correcting these thoughts that are just generated from trauma or generated when we feel threatened by something or something is foreign to us or it's new to us we we have to start getting in the way of those and and redirecting them so that we don't keep carrying on and being led by our trauma and, and and this toxic independence and not allowing anybody in and like I said we in order to be vulnerable with somebody part of that vulnerability is letting them help you with things letting them take care of you in whatever way that may be letting them do something for you letting them love you correctly so in order to be fully vulnerable with somebody this is a part of it and our independence is not letting us be vulnerable with our partners our independence is not letting us let our partners love us the right way and also not being vulnerable in this way and letting somebody show you that you can depend on them and show you that they really care for you and that they're going to show up for you if you don't become vulnerable in this way to let them show you this you'll never really know what to me matters the absolute most from a partner 
So that's why this is so important and why this had to be its own separate episode is because this right here, this topic, independence in a toxic way is what a lot of us are. A lot of us are in this and living it and letting it ruin things, ruin potential good, healthy relationships. And it's actually leading us into all the toxic ones that we have because for this very reason, if this right here is when somebody wants you to be vulnerable and you're with somebody who it's, it's getting deep and requiring you to step out of your comfort zone and they want to help you and do things for you and in your opinion, they're threatening your independence. You don't think that that's what leads a lot of us into the relationships where we, ha- we, we were with somebody who we were trying to fix. We were with somebody who we thought we could fix or that we were attracted to people over and over again who had issues and who were toxic. And who had to be fixed. Or we at least knew that with them, it wasn't going to get very deep. They were never going to threaten your independence because they needed nothing but things from you. They couldn't even show up for you. You were just showing up for them. So nothing was being threatened. You don't think that that, this whole thing right here, this segment, is in this issue, is what led us into those relationships? Of course it did. Of course it did. It was easy with them. Yes, toxic. Yes, draining, I'm sure. But it was easy with them because they mimicked the same trauma you've always known. It was a comfort zone. I wouldn't even say easy. I'll take that back. It was a comfort zone with them. A toxic, trauma-led comfort zone. They showed you exactly what you've already always known. You knew what to expect from them. You knew what you were getting yourself into and what you were dealing with. There was no surprises. You knew they probably weren't going to show up. You knew deep down after so long of all the red flags that you ignored that they didn't really care about you. They never really showed up. They weren't consistent. They weren't dependable. But it's all you knew already. So it was comfortable for you. It was comfortable to you. It wasn't foreign. But when you get with somebody who's healthy, why do people, why do you guys think people always say the hardest relationship is the healthy one after the toxic one? It's hard because all of that good healthiness requires vulnerability that you've never had to be because you were never with anybody who was trying to bring that out of you because they didn't secretly really care about you anyway you were too busy pouring into them they never poured into you they never challenged you to step outside of your comfort zone never because they were your comfort zone (laughs) that's what's so crazy about this that's why that healthy relationship after the toxic ones is so hard because that healthy one is going to challenge you to be vulnerable It's going to challenge you to grow in a lot of different ways. It's going to challenge you to open up and to let off of some of that independency that you've built your whole life that is starting to hinder you. It's because that person that's healthy for you is going to want to help you. And if you don't learn to let off of it some, they're never going to be able to. You're never going to let them. We have to stop fearing. Or I should say stop thinking. That when somebody wants to help us or just because they do, that it's threatening our independence. And our first instinct when people want to do things for us or make our lives a little easier, we have to, the crazy part is that our first instinct when that happens is to run, to reject it, to slowly stop talking to that person, to back off from them. Because we look at help as a threat. To who we are. And if you seriously don't see now how that is nothing but from your trauma, I, I don't even know how else to lay it out. How crazy that is. When you're in a healthier state and you know you've healed a little bit past your traumas, um, when you hear something like that, it sounds so ridiculously crazy. We are threatened by help because it's in our heads taking away from who we are somebody helping you is taking away from who you are that's crazy guys that that's not okay we can't keep living like that that's not the way to go about it or the way to look at it sorry we are so used to operating in our traumas and being led by them our whole lives that It controls the kind of relationships you get in, 
that you allow into your life, that you allow yourself to get into, and it also controls how you operate in them. And this right here is one of those things of how we operate because of our trauma. But also, just like in that last example, it controls the kind that you get into, the kinds that you allow yourself to be around or you allow yourself to engage in and which ones you don't. You don't allow yourself to engage in any that are foreign to you or not comfortable to you. You only engage in the ones that are. And the kicker about it all is that it's most times not the ones that are good for you. It's something mimicking your trauma. So we've, we've got to start opening up and becoming more vulnerable and healing so we can then be in that right mental space to know what's good for us and what's a healthy relationship and not fear somebody trying to help you. Um, that's ideally where you want to get to. And, you know, I was thinking about it today and I realized that, like, where does the fear of somebody trying to help you or do things from you, like, why do we fear that and why do we get threatened by that? Like, what is the obsession with having to do everything on your own? Like, where does this independence, aside from the traumas of how it was built, what is, what is the, the um, catalyst to this? Like, where does that truly come from? Other than, you know, not wanting to let, be let down or you don't really give people room to let you down anymore or show up for you, you know, because you're doing it yourself. But really, it's because of control. We who are overly independent, we feel the need to have our hands on everything, to be in control of everything. Because as soon as we're not, we feel like things aren't going to get done. Our life is going to be in shambles. Things are not going to happen for us anymore. We can't not try to be have our hand on everything we can't let off of anything we can't just go with the flow we can't leave it up to you know faith and and, and all that we can't because we have to make sure that we're good because nobody else is going to in our heads nobody else is going to we have to make sure of that I got to keep showing up for myself and in order to do that I got to have control over all of this I got to be doing it all and as soon as you slightly let off of that a little bit and let somebody else you have this, you feel anxious, you feel shaky, you feel like, I don't like this, I just want to do it. Like, it comes from control and not knowing how to surrender, not knowing how to trust anybody else, not knowing how to just let go a little bit. And my whole thing with this is if, and if you're a believer, so if you're a believer in God, my whole thing with this is if you don't learn how to surrender, and your independence is coming from not trusting anyone or anything, then you're lacking faith in that instance. You're not trusting the fact that he's got you and that he's watching over you and going to make sure you're okay. You're not trusting that anymore. You left that with your traumas. You're not trusting it anymore. You pretty much are saying, nah, you know, love you and everything, but I need to make sure this gets done. How do you know that he's not going to make sure it gets done and that all he wants you to do is surrender a little, let off of that independence and that control a little bit and just have some trust and faith in him and relax? How do you know that that's not what he's waiting for you to do? And maybe the reason why you feel the need to always do things on your own or you struggle here or there is because you lack vulnerability in this instance, which also to him may be lacking faith. How do you know that that's not the case? In order to have faith, you have to understand and trust that he's going to make sure that you're okay, that things are going to be all right. You don't have to live in survival mode anymore because he's got you, especially if he's placing a healthy partner in your life. He's trying to place somebody in your life who's also got you and who's also trying to let you know that you don't have to be in survival mode anymore. You have to be in the space to realize that, though. And if you're continuing to be trauma-led, you're never going to see it that way. But sometimes, you know, especially recently in my thoughts, I've been looking at it that way. Like, you know, a lot of it is because we don't trust anything and we feel like we have to have control to make sure it gets, that things happen and it gets done. But that almost makes me feel like I'm lacking faith in that instance that I'm not trusting God either. Because you're not trusting anything. And I don't like that feeling, you know. And again, in all of this, please insert where you need to if, you're, if you believe in something different. Totally okay. But that's something that I was thinking about the other day and I was like, you know, that's, that's pretty true. 
What's crazy to me too is I was thinking as well that, you know, we have such an issue being overly independent, right? And we say, you know, I've had to do everything on my own my whole life. I don't know anything different. You know, I don't, in our heads anyway, don't want anybody coming in and taking all that and doing it all like I can do it, whatever the case may be. But if you're a spiritual person or believe in God or a God or a higher power in some kind of way, then you're not really being independent then. You're being interdependent. In order to really depend on God or a higher power or whatever, you would have to be interdependent in that scenario. You can't possibly depend on God or whatever God you worship or a higher power while still being independent. Independent is doing something completely and solely on your own. But if you believe in a higher power or God or a God, then you are being dependent in that area, whether you've thought about it that way or not. And that would be called interdependence, which is a word that I couldn't wait to bring into this episode because it is something that is not talked about enough and needs to be talked about a whole lot. It's a word that I actually never heard until maybe a month ago, maybe a couple months ago. This year, I'm 28 going on 29 next year and this is the first time I've really actually ever heard this word it's such a big problem to me that it's insane the fact that I've been that independence has been shoved down my throat my whole life but interdependence was never talked about is is weird to me and so we're going to talk about it so the definition of interdependence is the dependence of two or more people or things on each other and I'm well aware that you could have probably came up with that definition on your own or just pretty much gathered what it meant but I felt the need to say it because like I say in every episode or in previous episodes we have a bad habit of putting incorrect definitions with words or creating new definitions for words over time and I just can't stand it so that is the definition is basically two or more people depending on each other and that sounds like a relationship of any type to me And so, what's wrong with that, I guess, would be my first question. What is so bad about interdependence? What is wrong with it? I know that while listening to this, I'm sure a lot of people in their heads will be like, well, it's because I can't depend on anybody. Like, when I tried to, they wasn't there. When I tried to, they didn't show up. When I tried, when I tried. Again, though, we can't really just go off of those people who didn't show up because I'm pretty sure those people were also selected in your trauma and based off your trauma. Like I explained earlier, because of our trauma, it changes the kind of people we let into our lives and who we gravitate towards. And most times it just allows us to gravitate towards the same people that hurt us. They mimic those same people. So we can't go off of what you tried to do while you were still being led in your trauma. We have to go off of what we're going to start doing moving forward with a healthier, more healed, vulnerable mindset. When we're in the space to be able to make better judgment calls on who's actually good for us and who's going to actually care and show up by being vulnerable first instead of years later or in spurts. That's what we got to start doing and what we're going to have to go off of here. So I asked the question again. What's wrong with interdependence? What's wrong with depending on each other or on someone and vice versa, them depending on you? What's wrong with that? I truly think that we don't engage in interdependence and we live most of our lives, if not our whole lives for some people, in that independency because we're trying to protect ourselves. Again, When I say independency or toxic independence, that's correlated to not being vulnerable. So always think of it that way. But we're doing it because we're trying to protect ourselves. Remember in part one when I said like we think that by being non-vulnerable, we're protecting ourselves from getting hurt or protecting ourselves from something. But in reality, being vulnerable is actually how you protect yourself. So in this, I feel like 
we are never interdependent or depend on anyone because we're trying to protect ourselves from getting our feelings hurt or let down. But we're not really protecting ourselves because what you don't get is being independent in a toxic way like this is selfish to you. It is selfish to what you truly need and what you truly want. We came into this world vulnerable and depending on people and trusting people, did we not? But because of somebody mishandling it is why we learned not to be vulnerable. So our true selves, it it thrives in vulnerability. Our true selves are longing to be able to depend on somebody. Longing for people around us who truly care about us. Our true selves want to trust people, want to be able to depend on people, want to be able to have help and ask for help and allow people to do things for us. That's what we truly want deep down. But because we got hurt and became non-vulnerable, we stopped wanting that or told ourselves we didn't want it anymore because what came with it was hurt. So we think we're protecting ourselves, but we're not. We're actually hurting ourselves and we're being selfish to ourselves. And I say we're being selfish because if that's what we truly want, we're not allowing ourselves to have it. We, it's you who is not allowing yourself to have help. It's you who's not allowing yourself to let somebody love you correctly or the right way or even at all. It's you who's not allowing somebody to help you out. It's you who's not allowing somebody to be intimate with you or to even know any type of intimacy. Because let's just be honest here. If you don't ever learn to be vulnerable, you're never going to know true intimacy. You're never going to know true love. And you're never going to experience a real, solid relationship. So in that way, if letting off of that toxic independence is called being more vulnerable and you're not, you are being selfish to yourself because you're not letting yourself receive all the things that you deserve. And what's even more wild about this statement is a lot of people, because of their traumas and all the crappy things that they've been through, you you hear it all the time, like, I deserve this. And man, after everything I've been through, I deserve all of this and that, this, 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 and this. But if you ever pay attention to the things that they're saying that they deserve, most times it's money, things that have to do with money, material things, or unrealistic, really random things that don't even matter. And that's because this world has brainwashed you to think that that's exactly what you should have or what you deserve. No, what you really deserve is somebody who cares about you inside and out, genuinely cares. Somebody who will tend to your vulnerability with the utmost care. Somebody who will create the space for you to be vulnerable, who will be there through it all, who will help you through your traumas, who will help you through your trigger points, who will listen when you're talking, who will be there and who will show up for you every time, who will be consistent, who will be dependable, And again, this is for friends and romantic relationships. You deserve real friendship. You deserve friends who don't don't just want to go out with you sometimes or get drunk with you. You deserve the friends who are going to listen when when you're going through it or you got triggered by something or you need to vent. You deserve friends who are going to come to your house at 2 a.m. because maybe you just went through a breakup and you just need somebody to talk to you. You deserve friends who will answer the phone at 3, 4 in the morning or come to your house or whenever when you need them. They're there for whatever and whenever. You deserve friends who will create the space for you to be vulnerable with them and will never judge you, will never look at you sideways or different, who will love you through it all and never change up. You deserve friends who don't always just call you to talk to you about them and never ask you about you. You deserve friends that when you get to talking about yourself, they're actually listening. They're not scrolling on their phone. They're not dozed off in the conversation or just completely distracted or come up with a reason to call you back. Or only call you when they want to talk about themselves. You deserve real friendship. Those are the things you deserve. Not somebody with hundreds of thousands of dollars who just buy you gifts all the time. Not somebody who takes you to a fancy dinner every week or who shows up to your your work with gifts all the time. Not somebody who's only showing you, quote unquote, their love with material things. When in all actuality, just material things in general don't actually matter. They're nice to have. They're nice to get sometimes. I'm not saying that. But if if that's the only way, or the only thing I should say, or the only things you feel like is what you deserve, you're disrespecting yourself. 
if that's all you feel like you deserve is things that require money or material things, nothing real, then come on, man, what are we talking about here? That's disrespectful to yourself. And like I said, it's selfish to yourself because you deserve so much more than that. Interdependence is truly something I think we should start teaching people to strive for over pure independence. Mind you, independence is an amazing skill to have. Never going to take that away from anybody. Would never tell somebody to not know how to be. Yes, know how to be, but also know how not to be all the time. Know how to also be interdependent with somebody else. You can be amazing and do amazing things by yourself and while being independent. I'm not saying that. But I've also seen the other side of how much of a a leveling up you can do as a person and reaching new levels and heights in your life that you maybe never even thought you could with the right solid people around you. With the right kind of positive energy around you while you have people around you who actually truly care about you and invest in you and, and put their good energy into you and build you up, you would be surprised the kind of heights you can reach when you have that. I truly do feel like we were put on this earth to work with each other, to work together, not alone. No, I, I don't believe that. I don't think anybody was meant to ever be alone or to do everything on their own. I, I, I'm sorry, but I don't. Have you guys ever heard the phrase, two heads are better than one? Now, mind you, when I was younger, I thought this was a corny statement, just like the other ones. But the more I get older, the more I realize, like, they're not corny. They actually really mean something. And this one definitely hit home for this topic today. Two heads are better than one. Why do you think people say that? They say that because one head, one person can do things on their own, could, could accomplish things on their own, sure. But two people coming together to accomplish something and tackle it together is so much greater, more powerful, stronger. Why do they say we need to to be united? United together, nothing can stop us. Is because numbers, the more people that come together, the stronger you are. The more people you have around you that are actually meant for you, you got to put that in there, that are the right people, make you such a stronger, better person. How many of us say all the time, like, man, if it wasn't for my friends and and my, my circle, I wouldn't have made it through some of the things that I did. It's because you were interdependent with them in some way, shape, or form. You were vulnerable with them and let them be that strength you needed when you weren't so strong for yourself. You took their advice. You vented to them. You opened up. You let them help you in some capacity. So in this, anything you do in life, you can do on your own, of course. But when you have somebody else there, it makes it so much easier. Think about people who may have kids and haven't really created that stability for themselves yet, right? Don't maybe have um, daycare, but they have a full-time job. Maybe they don't have, you know, anybody that can, can watch their kids and they have, they have a job. They have things that they have to do, but they don't have anybody to help with their kids. That takes it away from them being able to go to work. They have to find a new job or find something different because they don't have any help. They're doing it by themselves, right? Now think of that same person with their aunt or their mother or their friend who has the ability to step in and watch their kid while they're at work. You see how this works sometimes is, and if not sometimes, all the time. When you have somebody else there with you, when you have help, no matter if it's a romantic relationship or friendships or family, whatever, two heads tackling something is so much better than one. It's harder sometimes to do things by yourself. I understand that you've always had to. I'm sorry that you did. I'm sorry that somebody trying to help you 
or do things for you is foreign to you and that it's threatening who you are. I am so sorry that you are even dealing with that or in that position and that you've had to grow into this independent person that you don't want to be all the time, but you don't know how to stop. I'm sorry that you, that trauma has done this to you. I am so sorry. But it is so much easier when you have somebody there with you tackling life together, tackling things together, getting through things together. It is so much harder to do them by yourself all the time. It is so tiring. I know you've got to be tired and drained. We were never meant to do things by ourselves all the time. We were never put on this earth to do things solely by ourselves all the time, to do everything by ourselves. We were never meant to do that. Ever. I understand that it's not going to be easy to just instantly be okay with somebody doing things for you or letting them do things for you or trying to, you know, pull back a little bit on that independency. I know it's not going to be easy. I never said that it would. None of this, everything that I talk about, I'm never saying it in a way where it's easy or it's going to be or that I just expect it to happen overnight. No. But just understand that we have to make strides and be intentional about doing it. When you start feeling yourself, when, when somebody may say, you know, can I, can, I go, can I come over and do this for you? Can I come over and cook for you? And your first instinct is, no, you know, I'm good. Like, or can I come over and do this? Or can I do that for you? And your first instinct is, no, I'm good. Like, or they ask you to do something. No, I don't want to. You know, anything that requires you to be vulnerable and you find yourself mentally rejecting it every single time because that trauma is leading you. We have to be more intentional about redirecting that and stopping it. Just because you may not want to let that happen or want to let them do that or want to do it doesn't mean you got to feed that. Do it anyway. Let them do it. That's how you start making strides to changing this. That's how you start healing from your trauma is by being vulnerable enough to allow it to happen. Healing cannot start until you step into vulnerability. Redirecting that trauma And putting it completely behind you cannot happen until you start being intentional about stepping into vulnerability and doing all the things that don't feed into your trauma anymore, that fight it. It is okay to let somebody love you. It is okay to let somebody do things for you and to help you. These things truly shouldn't be foreign to us, but they are, unfortunately. So when somebody comes into your life that's trying to change that, let them. Let's start rewriting and changing the narrative that this isn't foreign to us anymore. Remember how I said, be that starting domino? I say that because what you do in your life, like I said in part one, is contagious and can rub off on the people around you. Whether it's your own children, your friends, and then their kids and their partner, your coworkers family and it trickles into everybody that they're close to and so on and so forth it is so important that you're that starting domino and that you are that difference it is a good thing for people to see people being interdependent whether that's with your friends or a partner when you have children that only see you being independent and never letting anyone help you or anyone in, what do you think is going to happen with them? Well, my mom did everything on her own, so I can. I need to. I don't need anybody. Well, my dad did everything on his own, like, so I can. I don't need anybody. He didn't need anybody. In retrospect and secretively, he probably or she probably did need somebody. But having too much independence too much pride. She didn't let anybody help. He didn't let anybody help. But that's, you don't know that. You don't, as kids, we don't see it that way. We don't know that part. Our parents never tell us that or admit that. So what do you think, how do you think that trickles? And then how do you think that trickles to their friends? And so on and so forth. So that's just a small example that being 
that starting domino is so important and changing the narrative is so important because the traumas that have been created from our upbringings and our childhoods is bleeding onto our family, our friends, our children if we have them, and on our own lives. It's leading our lives. We have to change the narrative and stop letting our traumas control and ruin our lives and take away from us what we really want and build up those ugly egos and all that ugly pride and take us completely out of vulnerability, out of our complete natural state and have us walking through this world and this earth as a completely different person. Never letting anything affect us or touch us or feel anything. This lifeless person. We have to be more self-aware in order to work on this. And in order to start healing, to let this go. We have to. And what's crazy is so many people, in my opinion, sit in this trauma. You sit in it your whole life. You dwell on it and you sit in it. But what you don't get is, what is the point of sitting in it and dwelling on it? When no matter how much time you spend doing that, it's not going to change the fact that it happened. You can't go back in time and reverse anything or change anything. So why not put your energy into healing and getting through this trauma or these traumas and putting them behind you? Stop making your past your present. Stop bringing things that happened in the past into your present every day. Stop bringing it with you. Leave the bag there. Leave it behind you. Stop bringing it with you. You're hurting you because you're not letting it go. All that that's doing is keeping you from everything you want and everything you deserve and from being the greatest you is not being vulnerable and letting that trauma completely lead your life and change who you really are. And if, you know, like I said, if you believe in God and you've ever read the Bible, I'm pretty sure there's a part in it that mentions telling the devil to get behind me. Get behind me. That negativeness, that evil, get behind me. Not in front of me. Not with me. Get behind me. Trying to leave you back there. Same with your traumas. Because all of it's nothing but negativity and doing harm to you. Get behind me. Let me keep walking forward. Stop bringing it with you. Don't let it lead you. Get behind me. And I will say this as well. I'm not a parent. I don't have any kids just yet. But I hear all the time that you guys as parents want better for your children. You don't want them to go through the same struggles you did. Even being a non-parent, we say those things like, I'm going to make sure I provide the best life for my kid because I don't want them to struggle like I did. Mind you, though, a lot of the struggling we are referring to is because we did it by ourselves, because we had to do it all by ourselves. We thought we had to because we were letting our traumas lead us so bad that we, we laid and, and, and sat in those comfort zones that kept allowing us and making us pick those people who didn't show up for us, who didn't help us, who didn't add any value to us is because we were involved in all that. So a part of allowing your child to have a better life than you did or any person you're parenting, because it doesn't have to just be your direct children, anybody you're parenting or guiding and uh, allowing them to have a better life than you did and not to struggle as much, this right here is a part of that. Don't teach them that they have to do everything by their self. Because you shouldn't have had to either. That is the point I'm trying to make in this whole episode. You shouldn't have had to. If you're still doing it, you shouldn't be having to. And I know somebody will say, well, how can I change that? Ain't nobody out here trying to help me out. You know, how do you know that, though, if you're still letting your trauma lead you? I said this earlier. How do you know that? You're not even in the space to make that kind of judgment call or just you don't have the correct discernment right now because you're not in the right headspace to make that call. You possibly could have been turning away the people who wanted to help you because they weren't comfortable to you. They were foreign to you. 
or God may have not brought them into your life yet because you haven't stepped into your vulnerability and, and started to heal to be in the correct space and you haven't even created the space to allow him to bring those people into your life. You can't make that call just yet until you start working on these things. But that right there is how you can keep your kids, a big part of it, from struggling the way you did. Because I bet you anything, a large part of why you struggled is your independency and having to do everything on your own when you shouldn't have had to. So don't let them have to. Show them different. Teach them differently. That's all I'm getting across here. And it's not just your children or children in general. It's people in your life, your friends. Change the narrative there. Again, say it one more time. Be that starting domino. You'd be surprised how much your life and how much you change it and the narrative you're changing can affect others around you. And I am so sorry for yelling (laughs) or raising my voice a little bit in that last part. But this, this couple of episodes, part one and two, touches me a little differently they all do but this one really hits home because I am still going through it I am still healing and working on becoming more interdependent and less independent that to a fault that to where it's hurting me I'm still working on letting people help me and do things for me and take care of me and just anything that I'm used to doing. I'm trying to let people. I'm trying to learn that I should have had this my whole life. And it's not my fault that I didn't, but it is my responsibility to change that now and to let myself have the things I truly deserve. I deserve somebody who wants to love me and care about me and take care of me. I deserve friends who are going to be there for me in every kind of way possible and who are going to listen to me and let me be vulnerable. I deserve these things. I deserve to be able to let people love me and care for me and, and, and all of those things. I do. Because some people may have mishandled that when I was a child, doesn't mean I have to let that ruin my life. This is my life, not theirs. And what's crazy is most of the people who quote-unquote mishandled those things when I was younger didn't maybe show up the way I needed them to or care for me the way I needed them to was because their traumas were keeping them from doing that for me. Their traumas were keeping them from showing up for me. So this is why changing the narrative and ending these traumas and healing from them is so important for us now. Because do you really want your kids to have to go through their whole life, like a lot of us, trying to heal from these things when we're about to be 30 and 40 years old? Or looking at our life, realizing that we've spent a majority of it already just figuring out what we even need to begin to heal from before we even start. It's keeping us from living our full potential lives a lot of the time. We just, we have to get better at understanding that it's okay to let people help. It's okay to let people work with us and and do things for us if they want to. And interdependence is okay. But it's also okay, if you're with me here, that we're still working on this. It's not easy for us. It doesn't happen overnight. And I'm, I'm still learning that because I am a very independent person. And I need you all to understand that. I am so independent. I still struggle with letting people do things for me or helping me. Because I, I, it's by f- default, I want to do it on my own. Because I can. But the people who want to help me and be here for me and care for me know that. They know that and I know that. But they just want to help. Because they care about me. That's it. They're not trying to take something from me. They're not trying to threaten who I am. It's I know it. They know it. So what is there to prove here? I'm just getting in my own way. I'm keeping myself from receiving everything that I deserve. From all the good things that are going to build me up to be an even greater person. So I'm learning day by day to get out of my own way. And it's a beautiful thing. I need you all to know that. And from this, I can... Then show my children that, yes, your mom can do all of this on her own, but she lets people help. 
She lets people in. She's in a healthy space to do that. She doesn't shy or shun away, I should say, help. She works with others to make life even greater. But she's still a strong woman. Interdependence doesn't mean you're weak. It takes strength to be interdependent with somebody, to work alongside somebody. It takes so much strength to do that versus on your own. That's easy. And that's the catch-22 to all of this. To us, our struggles were because we had to do everything on our own. We made it hard, though. But it was easy to make the decision to do it on our own. It was harder to ask for help because of our traumas. When in reality, it's actually supposed to be easier to work with other people and ask for help versus doing it on our own. You see how trauma has misled us. That is the main point I'm trying to make here. It's supposed to be easier to work with others, not harder. So let's change that and let's get to that, okay? Because it's important to be able to show our kids this. It's important to show our friends this, our families, ourselves. Let's take back the things we actually deserve in this life. Stop letting our traumas ruin it and and lead us. Thank you guys for listening. I hope that even though I know a lot of you are going to get very defensive (laughs) from these episodes, I understand. But I hope that you can be open and receiving to it at some point or initially. Or just think about the things that I've said. Start reviewing your life and see where this stuff fits in. See if you're doing this. And let's start working on it. Thank you so much for listening. And I, this time, will actually see you guys (laughs) in a couple of weeks. Love you guys. Have a great week. You've been listening to True Talk Podcast with Bree Trudell. Thanks for listening to the show. We hope you had fun. We know we did. If you did, make sure to like, rate, and review the show. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, you can hook up with us on Instagram. Remember, True has three U's at underscore True Talk Podcast. On Apple Podcast and Spotify at True Talk Podcast. And on Facebook at True Talk. Till next time. Maya Angelou once said, if you don't like something, change it. If you can't change it, change your attitude.